What's going on, kids? My name is Ray Rowd, and I am the host of the Dear Pats Nation podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in on this Wednesday, Monday. It's not Wednesday. It's Monday, February 7th, 2022. I just asked Mike before we got on, is it Monday today? And I said Wednesday. You know why I said Wednesday? Because it says Wednesday on my screen. Get ready for an hour of unfiltered football talking shenanigans. You know, I saw a tweet today from Doug Kite that absolutely just, it hurt me in my soul. Apparently, Odell Beckham Jr. was very close to signing with the New England Patriots before he signed with the Rams. Said that if this would have been three years ago and Tom Brady was still there, it would have been a done deal. I mean, obviously, he decided to go with the team that had a better chance for the Super Bowl, which was the Rams, which they did because they're there. So, you know, it is what it is on that standpoint. However, people who have been uh, following me for a long time, they know my general. I love OBJ. I've wanted him to be a Patriot. I mean, ever since we heard that there was supposed to be a trade for Odell Beckham Jr. back when he was still a giant. That's how long I've been lusting over New England bringing Odell Beckham Jr. into the squad. Now, we did hear rumors before he signed with the Rams that the Patriots were right in the mix for him. So it's not overly surprising that he was close to signing. Now, when he says close, we don't know how close. I always kind of hoped that his admiration that he's had for Bill Belichick over the years would have been enough to get him to sign with New England. Clearly, that wasn't the case. And what are you going to do? It also kind of fuels the fire for the quote-unquote haters out there, right, that are going to say, see, nobody wants to play in New England without Tom Brady. I'm going to tell you guys right now, though, I'm still holding out hope. I'm not I'm not giving up on my dream of OBJ one day donning a New England Patriots uniform. I don't care if he's decrepit, 45 years old, and can't run anymore. Before I stop watching football or before he retires, whichever one comes first, and the way the NFL's been acting, it could be me stopping watching first. I will watch Odell Beckham Jr. as a New England Patriot. Bill, if you're watching this show or listening right now to this podcast, I want you to listen really, really carefully. Give the people what they want. Give the people Odell Beckham Jr. I'm not here messing around, dude. We want Odell Beckham Jr. Well, I do. I don't really care what anybody else wants. I want Odell Beckham Jr. So, Billy Boy... Get on Snapface, reach out to OBJ and tell him, you, sir, need to be a New England Patriot. Ah, it's all good in the hood. Hope y'all are having fun tonight. We got Connor Carney coming in at 7.30. For those of you listening to the podcast, that's at the half hour mark. Get his opinion on OBJ. Talk about, uh, I really want to talk about how Mac Jones apparently isn't a mini Belichick. Apparently he has a personality. He's a lot of fun. I dare say that Mac Jones is, well, turning into American sweetheart. 
hammed it up at the Pro Bowl. We're going to discuss that. But first, I got to do my thing and tell you that this episode of the Dear Pats Nation podcast is brought sponsors over at Ultra Game. Get decked out in fully licensed NFL gear. They have all of your favorite teams over there. I absolutely promise you that. So go check out Ultra Game, the largest supplier of licensed NFL apparel. Don't waste your money on that knockoff stuff. Get licensed gear. Get geared up with Ultra Game. I've left that link in the description. Don't forget to download the Newsbreak app with the link in the description. Get all your local news, get my content, all that kind of fun stuff. And, of course, we're members of the Dean Blundell Podcast Network. Go to DeanBlundell.com. Check out the work that I've been doing over there. See what else is happening over on uh, DeanBlundell.com. Over 100 podcasts and content creators. Go check it out. The Dean Blundell Network. DeanBlundell.com. And in case you didn't hear me correctly, DeanBlundell.com. And, of course, guys, go check out RayRoute.com. That's the place to find all of my stuff videos blogs podcast episodes and not the same videos that you see on this youtube page videos from another youtube page that gets uploaded to the uh, website go check it out rayroute.com i think over there too if you watch the videos there there's no ads there's no nothing like that it's just you know it is what it is uh we're gonna get to those live comments in just a couple of moments here we're gonna pop on producer mike so start getting them in let us know what you want to talk about tonight Maybe comment on OBJ, maybe talk about, maybe comment on Mac Jones becoming uh, America's sweetheart. We will pop those all up. We're going to start with the Patreon questions of the night. And it is time to get this show going. And let's bring in producer Mike. Michael, how are you? What's going on, Ray? You don't sound energetic tonight, Mike. You sound like you forced yourself to get here. You sound like you didn't want to be here. I find that I'm highly disappointed with that. I want to be here. Let's go. I'm also disappointed Amazon. that I. I'm also highly disappointed that I asked you right before I clicked live. Today's Monday, right? And confirmed it was Monday, and then started with it is Wednesday, February. I was disappointed in myself on that. That I still called it Wednesday, even though I knew it was Monday. He, you're just ready to get over the hump that you know that quick. It's fine. It's fine, man. I understand it. So you told me to go tell everybody to f off in Discord, and I did. And you say that's going to help the views tonight? Yeah. We'll see. The viewer uh, the viewer count's not very high right now. No, maybe it's because I told everybody to F off. Maybe you gave me the wrong advice. Maybe. Maybe. Well, I'll tell you where the viewer count is always high, over on the Patreon channel. Let's start with their questions. Alex says, would you rather have Joe Burrow or Matthew Stafford as your starting quarterback in the Super Bowl? And I'll tell you what, Alex, this is actually a question I did answer over on Newsbreak. Mario and I did it last week. I think on Friday we covered this subject. And I firmly cemented my feet into the ground to Joe Burrow. Um, people know I'm not the biggest Matthew Stafford fan. So that did that did go into it. But I'm going to tell you something. And I was talking about this with somebody today. The Cincinnati Bengals are playing very reckless right now. And I was, I was think I was reading, it was one of their receivers, I think it was like Tyler Boyd, who's like, yeah, we're going to throw to Jamar Chase. We don't care that Jalen Ramsey's on him. Like, this is a team that has, like, no battle scars. This is a team that's just, like, rolling in with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, like, just ready to go. Ready to go. And they're like, whatever happens, happens. Like, I've never seen a team take such a chill sort of approach to the Super Bowl. And because of that, man, that's a dangerous team. 
when a team is just like yeah. i don't i don't give an f you know we're gonna roll in and we're gonna play our game and it's just another game and there is zero pressure on the Bengals because if they lose on sunday they're just like yeah whatever we weren't supposed to be here you guys know we weren't supposed to be here it is what it is they move on with their life we'll be back next year the rams on the other hand have all of the pressure on them they have oh, mortgaged yeah. the future for this moment Odo Beckham mortgaged Jr. two futures two futures for this yeah, moment. i mean they don't have a pick till what 2024 they have a first round pick Odell Beckham Jr., free agent next year. Vaughn Miller, free agent next year. Tell you what, if Denver does get their hands on Devontae Adams and, and Aaron Rodgers, like some people have maybe alluded to, Vaughn Miller would go back to Denver. Absolutely. Oh, and in a minute. In a minute. I really and, believe that, yeah. And they got a second and third round pick for a one-year rental, so he could go to the Super Bowl. Yep. OBJ, if he wins his ring, he's going to go look for his bag because now he's won his championship. So now he's going to be in the opportunity to go make some money. Maybe come to the Patriots. That's my hopes, at least. That's been a pipe dream of mine since he was a giant. I have an infatuation, an obsession, if you would, with Odell Beckham Jr. So that's the long-winded version of me saying, I'm going with Joe Burrow uh, because I want to go with the whole Cincinnati Bengals team because they're just taking the most reckless, chillest coolest approach to a super bowl i've ever seen and i hope that that they continue on uh with that trajectory because it's gonna call for a good game and it's also a team that we know if they fall down by two scores three uh they're not gonna panic they know that they have a defense and an offense that they can get them back in the game and i think that the way they beat the chiefs was a huge part of building some of that confidence for them got anything to add to that mike uh, I'm going with Joe Burrow. I'm going with the Bengals for the same reason here. I just, I think there's something effortlessly scary about that when a team comes in and they know they've overachieved so much, and, but do have enough firepower to win. It's not, it's not like uh, they won some inclement weather games two weeks in a row and shouldn't be here. They've or the tuck rule spot. or nothing like that happened. No, no. Well, they had they had Whistlegate. So I guess, but they still whooped the crap out of the Raiders. Yeah. Like that's what I try to tell you. That wasn't like the tuck rule, which it literally the game was over with that fumble. No, and I'm I'm literally making fun of people who think it's on the same level because there are people out there, mostly Raiders fans, right, that want to put it on the same level and it's it's not but do we do we actually we'll get to to back to the patreon in a second do we want to address this whole deflate gate thing can we please oh yeah so yeah. story came out i think over the weekend and it really blew up today that it's not uh deflate gate it's more sabotage gate yeah. and the national football league basically it has been exposed for deflate gate being a manhunt being a complete sham yeah yeah sham gate that's what they're calling it it's sham gate uh troy vincent former eagle who went over seven against tom brady by the way i saw that today as a player uh basically didn't fabricate evidence but he was the one who leaked to mortison the 11 to 12 balls that were had lost at least two percent which of course got retracted by ESPN, even though in recent years, Mortison has doubled down on it and is standing by his story. Yep. 
which of course that's why when the guys like seth wickenstein come out with a story in the patriots tonight nobody believes them they're just like no it's fake because that's what espn does they put out fake news and listen i don't i don't blame patriot fans i mean mike i am somebody and i say it all the time like where there's smoke there's fire i always believe there's some belief in, in that kind of stuff however um i have a distrust of mainstream media and i think we should and i think the associated press this weekend uh, when they did their bidding for the Major League Baseball and pretended like they were re- making a report on baseball, but basically sent out a release. Uh, it, it, there's a reason not to trust Main Street Media. And you know what? Now that one of the Main Street Media publications who had approached me in December no longer want to be with me because of what I have said and tweeted and written about Main Street Media. Almost uh, a badge I'm, of honor at this point. Yeah, I'm more than happy to call them out and say I don't trust them and nobody should trust them. So... Anyways, 11 to 12, that gets debunked a long time ago. It was Troy Vincent. The NFL also had data on footballs that had been spot-checked throughout the year in inclement weather and showed the same release of air from the football because of the ideal gas law, something you can learn in grade 10 science class. Because of something the that something that multiple science novices, right at the time, you could go almost anywhere on the internet and find this, and the Patriots haters out there, whatever you want, to, Tom Brady haters, still uh, probably they still do, or at least up until yesterday, will still claim that it it was some sort of fakery, right? Yeah. So, anyways. Yeah, sorry, I had to had to get that out there. The NFL's <laughs> counsel, Jeff Pash, I think his name is. He yep. ordered the NFL to destroy yep. all of the avid, all of those those spot checks. And Roger Goodell fluffed it off basically as well, those weren't intended for data. Those were just intended as spot checks throughout the season. The reason they were destroyed, the reason they weren't intended for data was because it would have completely blown up the NFL's case against right. the Patriots. So right. And they were you, so invested on. at that point too. Sorry, oh yeah. Go ahead. They spent months and millions of dollars on this investigation. Remembering that this is the league that just last week spent an hour and a half to determine that Brian Flores claims had no merit. This right. league fabricated information, tore up and burnt up key evidence that would have worked against them in order to continue on with this investigation. The Wells report, which was supposed to be an independent investigation, was ghostwritten and edited by Jeff Pash, the new the NFL's attorney. Ladies and gentlemen, we have said a lot of bad things about Mike Florio over the years. We really have. Mike Florio is a guy that I think unanimously across 32 fan bases, people tear him to shreds. I need to give him a round of applause. Because Florio did not play to the NFL narrative the way the main street media does and expose this so mike we do have to get back to the patreon we do have to get to some of the viewer comments before connor comes in but i do want to give you an opportunity to after i've laid that out to make your comments to this whole deflate gate nonsense which is now uh sab what is it called sabotage gate or um, yeah uh I forgot the word now too. Uh, scam okay, go gate. ahead. Scam gate. 
not Scamgate, something else. Go ahead. Um. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna at least try to link the two things right now because we'll we'll inspect this from the Patriots side. I'm sure later in the week, more and more, but it just goes to show with everything that's going on with at least Brian Flores. Do not trust the NFL. And not that I think there are a multitude of people that trust the NFL, but it shows that Roger Goodell's statement is a complete farce. A lot of what the NFL has been doing in regards to other punishments are a complete farce. It just shows, okay, and even take the Patriots' punishment out of it. It shows that they were so invested in something from a monetary and PR standpoint. They were literally willing to suppress evidence to support their case. So I want everybody to remember that when potentially all this Brian Flores stuff is going on and when all the, um, what's the, uh, like the sports betting and uh, the the match fixing potentially comes up, there is going to need to be an, an independent investigation by a third party now. It cannot be the NFL's own internal in it internal investigation and i believe this came out now more more so because of that i think this is a breadcrumb that is going to lead into more of the flores thing you know again we can discuss the ramifications on the patriots you know at a later date but i think with more serious issues that that is that is the the, uh, the hundred foot view right now that is the more more important thing oh a thousand percent this is a, this is a league that is wrapped up in the Washington Commanders lawsuit where they colluded with Washington to make sure that those 65,000 emails weren't released. Right. However, this whole Brian Flores thing, what doesn't help them, and this was something I was reading about today, those John Gruden emails look even worse on the league now, but they won't release those emails. Congress is calling them out. You got the Brian Flores thing, and now this Shamgate thing, this is actually a criminal charge. Just so people are like, this is a crime. Yeah. Now, normally law enforcement doesn't go after professional sports leagues, but this is fraud. If this was, this is wrongful punishment, they fined the New England Patriots $1 million. Forget the draft picks and stuff. Robert right. Kraft paid out of his pocket $1 million over Shamgate. And I'm going to be really interested now to see what Robert Kraft has to say about this going forward. Moving back to Patreon, Matthew says, do you think we're going to see the younger guys stepping up more next year on defense? The depth is there and could potentially step up in bigger spots. So for me, I do. And I think there's two guys in particular that the Patriots should be looking at. Cameron McGrone, the inside linebacker, and Ronnie Perkins, the outside edge linebacker, whatever. Um McGrone, we knew he wasn't going to play this year. I believe he was on a torn ACL, and the Patriots mm -hmm. knew that he wasn't going to play. He was always a draft pick for 2022. And Ronnie Perkins was basically redshirted. Of course, his college career ended off a little shoddy. He was suspended because he had tested positive for THC. Um, of course, a, a substance that's legal in my country and something that I don't think that league should be testing for. Um, because I know very smart people who consume it. It's not, obviously it's not a, it's a healing product. It's a natural healing product. It's not a, uh, performance enhancing substance, but he was suspended. Anyways, he was red shirted after a shortened college season. 
I expect him to come in, and I th- hope I what I hope out of Ronnie Perkins is that he can come in and set the edge on the run and be somewhat successful at rushing the quarterback. Because if that's the case, you could have him and Matt Judon as the every down edge rushers. And then if the Patriots can control the run a little bit and put teams in obvious passing situations on third down, that's where you could see the big step up of Josh Uche. Now, you may have expected me to say Josh Uche and Chase Winovich. No, I do not believe that Chase Winovich will be a New England Patriot come this September when the new season kicks over. Mike, but I'll let you give your take on on this question. Who's the young players who are going to step up? Yeah, so I think, uh, you know, you mentioned the two primaries there. So um, I'll I'll go a little bit different. I think Josh Bledsoe is going to need to make an appearance as well. He's kind of been sitting on the uh, injured reserve all year. I, th- I hope we see more of Josh Uche next year. I thought we were going to see a lot more of him this year. And then um, we'll just say something happened, you know, whatever that may be. And I think another player that we haven't seen a lot of this year is we traded for Sean Wade, and I think we could see a lot of utilization out of him uh, next year. So those are those are three guys on top of Perkins and McGrone that I really expect to step up. There is some depth depth hiding there from last year, and there's one other guy I'm uh, forgetting his name. He was a linebacker. Um, I'll look at the official roster, and if I can think of it later, I'll. Uh, I think Sean Wade, after he came over from Baltimore as a rookie, missed all the rookie camp, missed all the training camp, and then got injured there for a while. I think that that basically cost him his season. Yeah, I agree. Uh, So I do think he can step up. OSU guy, he's a slot corner. Just so everybody knows, he's a slot corner. If he's successful, though, and I'm going to give full credit to McChicken on this because he brought it up originally, if he's a successful slot corner, you can move Jonathan Jones to safety. Yes, and he'll be and, very good at it. <laughs> and if you do that, and you have like the Adrian Phillips and Jawan Williams is still kicking around, and you got Kyle Duggar, guys who can kind of switch into the number two safety, you no longer need Devin McCourty, and that's going to free up money in other areas. So, oh, so here's the guys I was thinking of as well. So potentially Henry Anderson and Anthony Jennings. Anthony Jennings is kind of like this weird name we've been hearing about for a couple of years that has it. I don't know how to Mike. Hopefully he comes back. Um, <laughs> I'll start getting to some of your comments here in a sec. Uh, we'll get to your comments. Here. Let's just pop this one up and see what you say. Mike, you're back. Uh, Mike can't hear you, buddy. Can't hear you. Uh, Ray, do you think there we go? Do you think Flores will return to the Pats? And do you think uh, the Pats will get Godwin from Tampa? Um, no and no. If that's that's really it's going to be, Mike, if you can start look taking over these comments, sure, and uh, maybe go up to the top. I just literally clicked on a, a random comment. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say no and no for two reasons. Let's start with Brian Flores. He just called out Bill Belichick. And at first I thought, I don't know if this is a big deal. Maybe this is something Bill knew about. Maybe they'll be okay. But then he came out and said, you know, Bill was influential in 
and Brian Dayball getting the job in New York, and clearly there's some bad blood there. And if we learn anything throughout the whole Tom Brady departure in his last couple of seasons in New England, it's that Bill Belichick can be a little bitter and uh, takes everything personal, and I just don't think we're going to see him back. As for Chris Godwin, I think he's going to cost too much money, if I'm going to be real with you. I like Godwin. I've heard rumors that the Browns are really going to pursue him. I think that would be terrible for his career. He'd probably be better to stay in Tampa and see what they can do for the quarterback at the quarterback position there. Because at the end of the day, Tampa's still going to have, when they're healthy, a solid offense with Scotty Miller, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. If you can put a somewhat capable quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo maybe, to go with that offense that could still be especially with Leonard Fournette as a running back I think that they'd have to re-sign him but if they could re-sign Leonard Fournette you're no longer paying 30 million dollars to Tom Brady now I know that there's some implications there perhaps maybe Gronk maybe you can convince him to come back and play with Jimmy he's familiar with Jimmy we don't know but maybe if you can do that you've got a good solid core to your offense and if you can somewhat find a decent quarterback they could be okay i think he's going to be in the 20 million range per season and i just don't see the new england patriots paying that kind of money for a wide receiver no uh yeah i'm gonna say no on flores and i'll i'll get all percentage wise i'll give chris godwin like a five percent chance i would have said zero you know before brady retired so still still not a lot but who knows on that one all right, I'm going to pick another comment here if we're good. Yep, let's go. All right. All right, Edward says, I think the Pats and Robert Kraft should fight it and get reimbursed for all they lost for that. So here's an interesting fact. And obviously, he's talking about the Flake 8. The Patriots lost a first-round mm-hmm. pick, and they got fined $1 million. Uh, remembering that the organization just accepted the punishment without fighting it. However, I was thinking about this today. So I'm like, okay, you can reimburse the the one million dollars that's easy yeah like that's the easy answer you reimburse the one million dollars what do you do about the draft pick though right because do you give them do is do they have 33 picks in the first round and, and the patriots get one of those like because that's an every year thing how do you Make you could make the argument if you're the Patriots because now you're talking serious lawsuits. You could talk about the 2017 uh, season when they lost to the Eagles in the championship. Poor defense. You could have said, Hey, we were going to use our first round pick, and you know, I think it was a 2016 draft. We were going to use or 2015 draft, we're going to use our first round pick to pick X defender. He could have been, we could have won the Super Bowl because of it. So I think that's where things get a little bit fishy. Can you just give the, I don't think you can just give the Patriots a first round pick left back. So I don't think, I'm going to say right now, if this whole sham gate, which I 100% believe is true, uh, because there's more and more evidence, Troy Vincent has been caught red handed. Jeff uh, Pash has been caught red handed. And Roger Goodell has been caught with his pants down. Yeah. Uh, I do believe if it's true that the Patriots will not receive compensation for the lost picks, I do believe that they will just be compensated financially to make up for those picks. I'm honestly not sure what the easy answer is here. This could be every this thing could be everything disappears honestly like that's how big it is I think is like 
it may just disappear because of influence or Robert Kraft could go right for the throat with the NFL, sue the crap out of them, push uh, Roger Goodell out because they had a great relationship and Robert Kraft kind of came in and saved them and soured it. So guys, honestly, I don't know what the easy answer is there. I I hope Robert Kraft gets his money back again. I think he's going to sue them. I think the Patriots may get some compensatory picks, but I don't think it'll ever be a first round pick. Well, let me give you something else. Let me throw one more scenario at you before we bring Connor Carney in. Sure. What if uh, the NFL has already called Roger or called Robert Kraft and said, "Hey, Bill Belichick is right in the middle of this Brian Flores lawsuit. Uh, the text messages that he sent, Brian Flores is accusing him of being influential to the Giants' hiring process, which could be looked at as some sort of tampering across the NFL." The Giants are ready to countersue and put Belichick as a part of that countersuit. You shut up about this whole Shamgate thing. Nothing happens to Bill in this lawsuit. We protect him and we shield him. So so that's what I kind of meant with the first part. Like it's almost so big that it's nothing can happen up front. I think hand like, you know, this is gonna be one of those quote unquote back room smoke filled uh room deals that something is gonna happen to either make it go away. Guys, who knows? It's too early. Again, it could be it could be huge. It could end up being nothing. So, unfortunately, it's absolute that's... insanity. Yeah, it's All right. nuts. All right, Mike, we're going to bring Connor in here in just a second. Let's clear up that chat. Ladies and gentlemen, you saw us answering those Patreon questions at the beginning. Let me tell you the benefit of becoming a Patreon member for only $5 a month. You get invited to our Patreon hangout every Friday night. You get direct access to me. Your comments and questions are guaranteed to be answered on every single Dear Pats Nation podcast Monday through Thursday. You also get three exclusive videos per week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday with myself and Mario from Hashtag Sports on our Newsbreak project that we're working on together. Those videos and all the behind the scenes stuff all goes on to the Patreon. It's only $5 a month. Go check it out. Patreon.com slash DPN Sports. See what's happening over there. And of course, don't forget to check out our sponsors over at Ultra Game. Get decked out in fully licensed NFL gear at Ultra Game. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to bring in our guest of the evening, my former broadcast partner, Patriot fanatic, kicker aficionado. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Connor Carney. Kicker aficionado. I like that one. That's good. I, I might put that in like my, my bio. I'm going to put that on my resume. Welcome to the show, man. Hello, sir. How are you? Good, thank you. I want to see that on Twitter, by the way. Kicker aficionado. Kicker aficionado. I just have to figure out how to spell the word aficionado, and then yeah. I'll, oh, it'll be there. And you somehow have to figure out how to make sure you credit me so people know I'm the one who called you the kicker aficionado. That's true. That's true. I'll put you, in quotations. As a you gotta quote. tw- you gotta no, you gotta tweet it and you gotta pin it yep. so people know. So now that they know it's official. Yeah. Self proclaimed. How's life, man? Good. Good. How's everything here? Oh, rocking and rolling. We've went down from a two hour show to a one hour show. So I that's heard. new. That's new, yep. I Is met that with good the, for you? Uh well, I think so. It's helped with the views and, and the downloads, believe it or not. Oh, all right. It was actually less about the YouTube channel and more about the podcast. I met with, um, you know, the Blundell Network. They helped me out with all the different people, and I get to meet all the the experts in the industries. You know what I mean? And uh, yep. the podcast guy was like, "Your podcast is way too long, man." Yeah. They're like, 
they're like you do a lot of filler and he's like just make it an hour and then apparently it's making people want more apparently with two hours they'd had enough of me it's like okay i've had my fill with an hour you're leaving people wanting more so they come back tomorrow that's what i was told that's funny. Ben actually used to tell me that you want to give the people just enough that they want more. If you give them too much, they're not going to come back. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why we cut it down to an hour. Um, you want to talk about the flake thing quickly? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was listening I'll let, to you I'll guys let you have before, your piece. But... I've already laid it all out for everybody. I've already given my piece. Like, what's your thoughts on this whole thing? I mean, I don't think anything from the NFL is really going to come of it. I don't know. I think they're going to continue to hide and lie and you know, kick it under the rug. So I don't know what, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if Roger, I mean, Robert Kraft's going to sue Roger Goodell if they're going to get into a huge fight there, or I don't know if it's just going to get swept under the rug. Nothing's really going to come of it. And it's just going to be like a little known fact that the NFL got away with something else sketchy once again. I mean, that the NFL doesn't do investigations. They mount defenses. When anything like this happens, they mount a defense. They are right now in the thick of three scandals. That's oh, what's so time. hilarious to me right now. And we're going to be covering this on Newsbreak tonight a little bit more in depth. Like, they've got the whole Washington Commander scandal. They've got the Brian yep. Flores lawsuit. And now they've got Shamgate. Right. And I'm like, how? You are the most powerful sports organization in the world. You literally own a day of the week that, I may add, used to belong to God. Right. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Sundays was church and worship and you literally own a day of the week. You now own Monday nights, Thursday nights. You get some COVID cases. You take over football for four straight days and ratings are consistent across the board. You legitimately have an entire world eating out of the palm of your hand. How do you find yourself in this position? Like <laughs> how, how do you get here? It, it's just insane. I don't. I don't know. I think there's a lot of corruption going on behind the scenes. A lot of shady things going on. And now some of it, obviously, with the internet and you're so easily able to access information, people were able to figure out some of the stuff that's going on behind closed doors. But they're also doing their very best to keep everything hush hush in all of these cases. But I. I don't know. It's also, I guess, Roger Goodell. Just. It's just a. a, a a messed up league, man. <laughs> That's the only way to describe it. It's a messed up league. Did you watch the Pro Bowl at all yesterday? I did not. No, I, I saw the, uh, some highlights, though. It looked like Mac Jones did pretty well. He was hamming it up yesterday. Like Another story we're working on that's going to come out tomorrow um, over on RayRoute.com and DeanBlundell.com. Mac Jones, in my opinion, became America's sweetheart. <laughs> during the during this Pro Bowl week. I mean, I never seen like he had the most coverage out of any player there. Right. And and people loved it. I saw it on Twitter. Every everyone was loving it. Uh I mean, and I mean not just not just Patriots fans, like Pat McAvee put it declared his love for Mac Jones. Chandler Jones. Right. I saw that. But, yeah. Like Pat McAvee tweeted in all caps, I love Mac Jones. <laughs> you know, like that's, that's good, man. It doesn't get much bigger than him. No. So I mean I have no idea what his career is going to look like. I have no idea what his ceiling is, where he projects to be in five years. All I do know is no wonder that Patriots locker room is so fun. I thought he was mini Belichick to be real with you. Like I thought he had no oh, personality and it turns out he's got a lot of personality, right? We, he just needed to get to the Pro Bowl to show us. We need to get away from Belichick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, how long until tensions are building in um, the Patriots locker oh my room goodness. again? <laughs> 
They're going to be talking week? about that. Oh, easily by next week. It's going to start probably tomorrow where they're going to say, how mad is Bill Belichick about Mac Jones at the Pro Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're next on WEI caller. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the kid's got a rag arm and Belichick won't let him have fun. <laughs> you realize I told now, you they hate the coach. You realize now that rag arm is not even just a Patriots thing. Like I talk to people all over the place that are like, it's rag arm. <laughs> like that's what you that's what you guys in Boston have done to Mac Jones. It started on the radio, right? It did. That guy who yeah. called in and said, he's got a rag arm. <laughs> Belichick. What you running in defense like Pot Sells was doing back in ninety-six. <laughs> Oh, geez. Did you see the uh, thing today that came out about OBJ? Odell Beckham no. Jr.? Uh, apparently, he was very close to signing with the Patriots before he signed with the Rams. And oh, really? said that, I guess he was saying this at the, the media day today, and said that he would have signed with the Patriots if this was three years ago and Tom Brady was still there. It would have been a done deal. Ultimately, he ended up deciding to go to the Rams. You know my personal feelings about Odell Beckham Jr., and that one hurt my soul. When I heard yeah. that he a came wow. close and b didn't sign because because Brady wasn't here, right? I did not hear that at all. Um, very interesting. Although I I can't blame him. I don't know if it, he says it's about Tom Brady. I mean, it's probably also going to be about the fact that the Rams are a super team right now. Three years ago, he also would have been a lot younger. He's definitely ring chasing. I mean, the Patriots kind of flirted with being a contender this year, but towards the end of the season, as as things progressed, we knew that they probably weren't going to make a serious run. The Rams, you, you knew, were stacked with talent from the start and that they literally have sold out the few years from now when Odell Beckham might be retired anyways to win now. So I don't blame him. It was probably a smart decision. Oh, it was a very smart decision. I just, uh, from a personal level, I just need to see Odell Beckham Jr. in a Patriots jersey. Like, I've been begging for this since 2017. I've been Is begging he a free for this agent? to happen. Yeah, so here's my thought, okay? I came up with this today. I am now rooting hard for the Rams on the weekend. I was yep. cheering for the Bengals just because they're like the Cinderella cool team. They actually remind me a lot of the 2001 Patriots in a way. Yeah. But I am cheering hard for the Rams because I want OBJ to win his ring. Right. Because once he has his ring, he can chase his money. And I think that now it's not going to be a ton of money, but he's going to chase his money. And I'm hoping that he can chase it all the way to Foxborough. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that would be a good scenario. He gets the ring and then he still comes to the Patriots anyways. I mean, it seems like Odell Beckham's been in the league forever and he should be old, but I feel like he's only like 29, 30 years old. Mike, how old is Odell Beckham Jr.? Mike, you'll find out for us. Mike, producer right, Mike is, is good. It's He's the man. He is. He'll let us know in the private chat. But yeah, um, no, I, I I said I don't care if he's 45 years old in a wheelchair. At some point in time, I need to see Odell Beckham Jr. play a game in the NFL. He's 29 years old. Wow. Okay. So he's still young enough that he could still have a good mo- good few more years in him for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Michael, do you want to pull up some comments for us? And uh, while Mike's doing that, I will say that uh, we are joined by Connor Carney, the former host the dear pat well co-host the dear pat's nation podcast and uh, you can follow him on twitter at connor commentary he is a kicker aficionado that's uh, what it is <laughs> snap time says anyone else here mac jones troll brian burns on the last snap of the pro bowl looked at him and said it's okay brian we're friends now <laughs> i i haven't seen the clip i've heard of it and i also heard that he just like fell down when brian burns got close to him <laughs> so that's a good thing that's a smart move that's what we like that's what we like to see i didn't i didn't hear i didn't hear that i didn't i didn't hear anything but that's funny 
Mac I Jones, just, man, he really is showing the personality. He is. He's got a lot of it. And I mean, I'm happy that he called out Burns on that stage because I still think that Brian Burns is a punk ass after he cried and whined about, like, he was upset about a little ankle lock. Right. <laughs> like, Kurt Angle did it on a weekly basis in the WWE. And people, people loved it. I never, I didn't hear people upset about an ankle lock. I heard the crowds cheering all of a sudden when Mac Jones does it. Little, the NFL's entertainment, right? It's sports entertainment. Same thing. Same thing. I don't, I don't understand. Uh, Kevin says Bengals uh, took out the number one and number two seeds in the AFC. They, uh, them winning wouldn't be an upset. Yeah, it would. Yeah, it would. Um, the number two seed has a quarterback or the number one seed has a quarterback who can play like he's a dumpster fire. And he was a dumpster fire in Ryan Tannehill. He looked awful for the Titans. He Ryan Tannehill himself that game. Correct, yeah. Connor? Would you agree? Yeah, he, he he definitely threw it away, especially at the end there. They had the opportunity to go down and win the game, and he threw an interception right into coverage. Um, And then the Kansas City Chiefs, and I, I'm respectively disagreeing with you, Kevin, uh, but the Kansas City Chiefs collapsed. Collapsed. And I still blame them for not kicking. If uh, Connor, I will go to my grave, or the hill I will die on, even though it's been a f so fun the last two weeks trolling Chiefs fans because they are just salty. Like, they are salty yeah. the earth right now. It's awesome. That they, they're not in this game. I write articles now about nothing to do with the Chiefs and find a way to work them into the article just to <laughs> just to yeah, throw that jab. Oh, you got it. If they kick a field goal at the end of the first half, we're not even in this conversation. We're not even having this conversation today. Right. Yeah, they, they should have taken those points. I remember watching it, too. I'm like, if the off chance of the Bengals somehow find a way to come back, I'm like, they're going to have missed that three points. And that, that's what ended up being the difference. I also don't understand what Patrick Mahomes is doing. Wonder boy. Yeah. Quote, unquote, the new goat of the dynasty. I don't know what he's doing throwing the ball short of the goal line. Yeah, that too. That, that didn't make any sense either. That was the start of the downward spiral by him. It was. And then, and he then was they never awful. recovered. He, awful. He awful the second half. Yeah. Awful, awful, awful the second half. They completely shut him down. They started dropping guys in coverage, and he had no idea what to do. But as far as to say, I, I think if the, bang, if the Bengals do win, it will be an upset. But they're obviously the underdog going into it. The Rams are the favorite. They're expected to win. I don't think it would be a huge upset. I think they have a very good chance. I don't think the Rams are going to come out and blow them out. But I, I think the Rams will probably win. The only thing I said about, and we were talking about this off the top, that the Bengals are going into this very reckless. That's true. And sometimes when you go on reckless, it's a good thing. Uh, no, I, saw, I agree. I saw a quote today, Eric, and maybe it was over the weekend, and I think it, it was uh, Tyler Boyd who came out and said it, and he's like, yeah, we don't care if Jalen Ramsey's covering Jamar Chase. We're going to throw the ball to Jamar. Jalen's got to keep up with him. Right. And I was like, yo, that's an all-pro. That's a first-team all-pro corner against a rookie wide receiver that you just called out. And I'm like, I actually kind of love it. Like, not just because, like, you know me, I love a, a good smack talk, even when it's against the Patriots. Like, I like when players are vocal and they're confident. But I thought, you know, you are just reckless enough that you could win this game. Right. Because it's, it's, I was just going to say, it's almost like they don't know that they should be nervous. 
No, I, well, exactly. Well, you heard the story, right? The kicker uh, in the divisional round was like, "Can you believe we're going to the AFC Championship game before he kicked oh, before the game he winner? kicked it?" Yes, I did, which I thought was awesome. And that one, the one last week against the Chiefs, was a short one. Though that yeah. one was like a fifty-two yarder or something. Yeah, and he when he hit a fifty-two yarder in the Chiefs game as well. Uh, prior to that, right? So no, oh, that I, kid's absolutely. Amazing. No, I think that he's phenomenal. I think there's a lot of swag and a lot of confidence. Joe Burrow with the drip, you know. Uh, Joe Burrow comes out and says, you know, F it. I know Jamar's out there somewhere. That's what he said to the media, you know. Right. F it. I know Jamar's <laughs> there somewhere. Um, I think they may just be loose and they got no, they like, I think it was Tony Romo who's like, they don't have battle scars yet. Yeah. You know, like they don't have battle scars and they may just be so reckless that they just go in and, and beat the Rams. Like there may not be, see, because all the pressure is on LA. You, you hemorrhaged your future. Oh, you absolutely. Your future absolutely. For, for this moment. So yeah, I think it, oh man, I'm I'm kind of I'm excited. And and again, I think I talked about this last week. I don't know if I talked about it with you. I call this the good guy Super Bowl. Uh cuz no matter who wins, I think everybody's going to be happy. Yeah, I I completely agree. I I feel that way as well. I'll feel happy for Bengals fans because it's been so long and happy for Joe Burrows, but also I'd be happy to see Matt Stafford win too. He's been in the league forever, stuck in that dumpster fire out in Detroit for way too long. Well, you heard that Detroit thinks that this is their Super Bowl, right? Is, is, is that what well, they're doing? Matthew Stafford is playing in the game and Eminem is doing the halftime show. So there's oh, literally right. people, there's literally Detroit fans. Like Detroit have embraced the Rams because of Stafford and and with him being there, they're saying that it's it's fate and the sign that the Rams are gonna win, as if the Rams have anything to do with Detroit. Yeah, that's a stretch, but you know, when you're a Rams fan, I mean a Lions fan, and you've had so much disappointment over the years, you gotta cling on to something. You gotta make some wow. sort of connection to winning. I mean, is it any different than the Patriots fan who had everything to cheer for for so many years who all became Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans? That's true too. What's gonna happen to all those guys who like who didn't just so there was two kinds of fans, three kinds of fans. Yep. The first one were the bitter ass, unappreciative fans. Which was me, admittedly, right? I was that bitter, unappreciated fan. I took every opportunity I could to take a shot at Brady. Then there was fans like you, who you were a Patriots fan first. You never declared yourself a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan, but you were cheering for Brady to win. Yeah, yeah, especially uh, I think once the, the Patriots were out. And I, well, and I think that I cheered for Brady in the Super Bowl because I just I couldn't have Mahomes have a second ring. Right. So I think collectively everybody but Chiefs fans were cheering for Brady. Yeah. Oh, I think so too. So you had those fans, which I'm okay, I'm okay with that that group. That could separate it. Then you had the guys who were no longer Patriots fans. Like you had the guys who changed their avatar, bought Brady Buck jerseys. Yep. <laughs> you know, like they were Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans. Yep. What happens to them now? Because they're not welcome uh, back in, on the Patriots fan. They're not welcome back amongst Pat's nation. They're in trouble. Now they have to stay in Tampa Bay. They they sold out to Tampa Bay thinking Tom Brady was going to be there for a while, I guess. And they were going to follow their guy. Two years later, he's already retired. Hey, now uh, who's who's the backup out there? Was it, was oh, it, the uh, kid. The kid. Blake Bortles, but, Blaine Gabbard, no, one no, of those no, guys. No, 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 They drafted a kid in the draft this year. Is it Kyle Trask or something like oh, that? Oh, Kyle drafted? Trask. There you go. They they should trade in their Tom Brady jersey for a Kyle Trask jersey. Well, I had a theory that I came up with today. Jimmy Garoppolo. 
Oh my goodness, that's a very good point. <laughs> right? Yeah. Because if you re-sign Mike Evans, or if you re-sign Chris Godwin, you still have Chris Godwin, you still have Mike Evans, you can right. try to re-sign Leonard Fournette. Maybe Gronk decides not to retire because he's familiar with Jimmy. Yep. That offense is that offense is full. Uh hashtag says Bill's bandwagon is full too. That ain't no one no, no one is no jumping. one's no. no one's jumping on that bandwagon. First of all, have, the your you wagon is like Tyler Bass. Your your wagon is built of broken tables. Yeah. And I mean and stitch tape together. It's by the way, I've decided that I'm gonna box Paul. From, Paul who? Uh Mario's partner from hashtag sports. Oh, oh, oh nice. Where where's what channel can I find that on? I we haven't worked out the details yet. I don't think he knows yet. Um, oh, he doesn't, okay. But if I just wanted to fight him, I would just be like a big goof douchebag, douchebag, right? So yeah. I'm gonna challenge him to a boxing match for charity. I like this. It's a good idea. Yeah, because he uh, he he said some things about Mac Jones that I didn't like. Wow, some not nice things about Mac Jones. Will you be the my corner man? Favorite flavor? Absolutely. I appreciate it. Uh, Keelan says that. Uh, do you think the Pats will draft a wide receiver by the first couple of rounds, or do you think that they are more likely to try to find a number one receiver in free agency? What do you think, Connor? Oh, that's a good question um they gotta do something they need to solidify themselves with the number one wide receiver whether it's through the draft or free agency i kind of don't care i was thinking of leading more towards free agency because i want someone solidified and somebody who's ready to play but if there's anything we've seen recently it's that these young guys are are becoming better and better earlier and earlier i mean look at jamar chase this year if you were able to go out and get somebody like jamar chase in the draft he's probably better than anybody you could sign in free agency as it is so I'm hoping they do something there. But the, the draft is also a crapshoot. You never know what you're going to get, a la Nikhil Harry. I know that for me, it yeah, Nikhil Harry is always my my worry when we come in when with the Patriots going into the draft for a wide receiver. Right. Um, especially when you saw Debo Samuel just look just unhumanly crazy. Um, but I, I think that they might do both to be real with you. I don't think they're going to actually, no, I don't think they're going to get a number one out of the, out of free agency that I don't think they have the cap space to do it. They still have to re-sign JC Jackson or at least franchise tag him. Juwan right. Bentley's a free agent. Nick Folk is a free agent. They need to find a way to sign him. That's $10 million right there. hundred <laughs> percent. I think that um, it's not going to cost a lot of money, but I think they need to re-sign Brian Hoyer, uh, yep. especially with Josh McDaniels gone now. I think you need Hoyer there to kind of help, with that mentorship with Mac Jones, you can't give that to Jared Stidham. Um, I, but a, a really important question for you. Um, what kind of receiver are you looking for coming out of the draft? This has been one of my highly requested questions on discord yep. is that they want some draft analysis from you. Um, who, uh, if anybody wants to drop a name into the chat right now, you want Connor to, uh, to give a draft analysis of a wide receiver who is uh, in the draft this year, Connor will give you his expert draft analysis. But what are, expert. You, what are you looking for from a receiver out of the draft this year? They need somebody explosive. They need someone fast. They need someone who can stretch the field. That's, that's what they really need. They don't have that right now. I was hoping it was going to be Nelson Aguilar. He just doesn't have it, I don't think. Nelson Aguilar is all right. They, they need somebody like Jamar Chase, or if they could go get somebody like Debo Samuels, that would be even better. But they, they're going to get somebody. Oh, Christian Watson. Yeah, I know Christian Watson. He's uh, Ben Watson's nephew. Okay, so can you tell us a little bit about Christian Watson? 
Yes, Christian Watson, Watson is actually very fast. Specializes in running and catching the football. So I have said in the past what they also really need is somebody who can run and catch. Previously, they've had people who can do one or the other. You know, they're very good at running routes and they're very fast, but they're not good at catching the ball. Sometimes they have people who can catch the ball, but they can't run and get separation. And then sometimes, believe it or not, they get people who can't do either. And that's really not good when you when you can't do any of the above. So the good thing about Christian Watson is he's fast and he can catch the football. I, I think it would actually be a great pick. How much have you heard about Christian Watson? I don't even know what team he's on. <laughs> so I've been getting asked a lot about Christian Watson. Like a lot. Like I've been getting a lot about, I've been at, like a lot about Christian Watson. And I had no idea who he was either. Right. Like, however, I happened to be listening to the radio this weekend and heard an analysis from him. And I'm not going to give you fully what they said about him. They spent four minutes talking about him. Yeah, the way what I figured out it was is he apparently he sounds like he is what they hoped Nikhil Harry would be. Okay, so he's big. He can get separation. These are the things they said about Nikhil Harry coming yeah. in. Like apparently every 50-50 ball is his. Right. But apparently he's got the speed to get away. Yeah, he, apparently he's everything that we thought Nikhil Harry was going to be. Right. I mean, if we if we could have got what Nikhil Harry was supposed to be, we'd be in great shape right now. Do you know what I really thought of the other day? You know how they say that we remember, I think it was last year, we learned that one of the reasons the Patriots hired Nikhil Harry is because he interviewed so well. Yes. Right? Yes. I will not forget that. Do you remember when the story came out a couple of years ago, though, that Gronk fell asleep at his interview with the Patriots, that they walked in yes. and he was sleeping in the room? Yes, I did. Could I, you I imagine guess... if the Patriots didn't draft him because... He didn't interview well? Oh, my goodness. I mean, if that's what happened, I mean, Nikhil Harry must have shown up with his own cot and just started taking a nap. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, oh, my goodness, this this is even better than Gronk. Gronk. Hey, we need him this take, guy. Did you see him take on Miles Garrett this year, though? I did not, know. Oh, Nikhil Harry, yes. Yeah, Nikhil he Harry. Did. He did, man. Top, top of the line blocker. Uh, another lost soul says, Ray, what are your thoughts on the Alvin Kamara mess? Oh, my God. Like, he's in trouble, it seems. Imagine you just you take off your helmet. You're like, oh, what a great Pro Bowl. Excuse me, Mr. Kamara, you're under arrest for battery. <laughs> um, I I think I saw the video. Apparently, he just slammed the kid to the ground at the club. Um, oh, okay, that's all it was. Knocked him unconscious. Oh, okay, that's not good. For, I don't know if it's the video. It may not be the video, but from what I've seen, he slammed the kid unconscious. Um, listen, this... Uh, I don't want to overreact to this. This isn't like Henry Ruggs type of territory. You know what I mean? Right, he got into right. a scuffle at a club, hurt a guy. It happens. I mean, wasn't Aaron Donald who exploded a guy's face this year in a fight? That uh, and so and I then just, it but then it turned out he actually was the one who saved the guy. After he just, yes. yeah, after he destroyed him, the one who like yeah, yes, yeah. What happened? What was the end story to that? He, I, he, I think they nothing ever ended up happening. Yeah, like but there was a fight and like he wasn't the one who actually hit him, I don't think. No, he did hit him. He went he in did. to break it up. He went in to break up the fight because other guys were going after him. He went in to break up the fight. The guy started throwing swings at him and like Aaron Donald just exploded his face or something like that. Uh, it might have been it. I don't think he yeah, I don't think he got in trouble because of that. Whatever it was, there was a video where it wasn't what the guy said it was. Yeah, no. 
Uh, Edward says, I want ha- Harry to gain 60 pounds and get on the O-line. <laughs> hey, that's not a bad idea, man. we got to use the guy somewhere. And I'm telling you, at this point, it's not going to be at receiver. He's he's run out of chances. So I still can't believe that he had the, the balls weight. to ask for a trade. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know what? At that point, too, it wasn't as funny as it is now because last year he had just as bad of a season as he did in his first two seasons. So it was still funny, but it was like... Now looking back at it, it's like, oh my god. It's goodness. hilarious it, now. It, it's, like, it really is. Who would have traded for him? What team right. would have lined up to trade for him? Somebody, the only thing is that last year somebody might have taken a flyer on him and been like, I'll give you a real late round pick out of hopes that you might do something. But he hurt his stock so much more this year. So you and I were both staunch Nikhil Harry. I don't want to say yeah, defenders. I'd call us yeah, defenders. We were defenders. Yeah, and even during the off season, and when he had this the good start to camp, we were both dude. We were flexing, right? We were like, <laughs> I, oh, they're I saying it it's the thing. best camp he's ever had, and we're we we're flexing it up, real real good. Um, when did you lose faith? Because I know my moment. My moment was against the first game against Buffalo, uh, when he fielded the punt with his face. Yeah, yep. that was my moment where I got upset, went on Twitter, and said, "F it, you win." We could have had DK. That was the first time since Nikhil Harry was drafted that I alluded to we could have had DK, we could have had Debo, all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, and then got called out by a Patriots fan. Like, I can't believe people who cheer against their own team. And I'm just like, dude, I I just can't anymore. I, I've taken the heat. You've been on this show where we've taken the massive heat from the audience from it. When did you give up on it? I gave up on him. I forget the team that they are playing, but I remember the exact situation. They threw a pass to him, and it hit him right in the face. He should have caught it for a first down. He completely missed it. The next play, I was like, you know what? I'm like, let's try that again. Let's go back to him. I really wanted them to. <laughs> they threw it to him, right? And he tipped it up in the air, and then he just like stood there, and then the ball hung up in the air for like 20 minutes, and they ended up intercepting it. He had made absolutely no attempt on the football Colts. whatsoever. The Colts, yes. And I said, all right, I'm I'm done with this guy. I'm like, that was pathetic. So you Two pathetic you gave plays a, in a row. So you gave him another week yeah. after I after, gave up on him. Yeah. Wow, yes. good for you. You gave him another chance, and he just – I just love that your description was the ball hit him right in the face. Yes. <laughs> all right, here's our final comment of the night. Uh, Edward says, the Houston po- Piers – the Houston posers would have took them. They liked our leftovers. No, I get what he's saying now. Yes. Houston, yes. for whatever reason, does. But I think before it well, was Well, Nick Cazario's more... there now, too, right? Nick Cazario. And then before it was Bill O'Brien after being the Patriots. And the same thing happened with Matt Patricia. I feel like whenever like uh, somebody like that leaves, other other players end up following him. Absolutely. Connor, this, this went by too fast. Yes, sir. I don't, I don't like only having a half an hour with you, but maybe if I, you know, maybe if we got your half hour, you can come on every night. I don't know. Just throwing it out there. You never know. I love how you humor me as if you're even considering <laughs> it. That's the that's what I love the most about you. You gotta keep hope alive. Well, I do. You keeping my hope alive? I'll tell you that much. Uh, no, always appreciate. It. You know, I always look forward to Mondays. Always love catching up with you. Uh, Connor already agreed last week to continue on through the off season every Monday at seven thirty. So we appreciate that. So we can always get our little taste. Can we clear that, please, Mike? Uh, get our little taste of Mister Connor Carney. Uh, tune Great. in tomorrow. We got Lawrence Owen and uh, then Mario on Wednesday. Me and producer Mike on Thursday. Connor. Uh, 
I'll ask you the question, buddy. Who you got this weekend? Rams, Bengals. Ah, uh, I'm gonna say Rams. I'm gonna say Rams. Just for old time's sake, tell me about those Patriots. Still legit, kid. I'll talk to you next week, pal. Later, boys. And that was Connor Carney. Always appreciate him coming on. Always appreciate you guys coming here. Talking about the New England Patriots. A lot of good conversation there. Thank you for the comments. Shout out to Hashtag coming in. Showing his love. Showing support. Got a lot of questions for you. Appreciate y'all. Guys, make sure you head on over to rayroute.com. You'll find our latest podcast episodes, find our videos, our blogs, our updates, links to our merch. Go check out rayroute.com. I left the link in the description. Hey, don't forget, boost those analytics. Smash that like button. You hitting that like button is the best way to tell YouTube that other people need to see this show. And if you're new here, think about subscribing. See everything that we're doing. This episode of the Dear Past Nation podcast is brought to you by our sponsors over at Ultra Game. Get decked out in fully licensed NFL gear. They have all your favorite teams over there. Go check out Ultra Game, one of the largest suppliers of licensed NFL apparel. Don't waste your money on knockoffs. Go get geared up with Ultra Game. I've left that link in the description. We're also brought to you by Newsbreak. Uh, I'm, as you all know, I'm a content creator over there, but they also have other creators. They have Main Street Media outlets providing content and news. It's an absolutely free app. It's not just sports. It's all of your local news. The app will use your location, filter out everything relevant to you. You can also search whatever you're looking for. It's a dynamic app that way. I've left that link in the description. You can download it there. Uh, and to be honest, if you that I left, uh, I get a bit of a kickback. It's the easiest way to support the show. I make some money. You get a free app. Use the link that I left in the description. Download the Newsbreak app today. And of course, we are members of the Dean Blundell Podcast Network. Go to DeanBlundell.com. Check out the work I'm doing over there and see what else is happening over at DeanBlundell.com. Over 100 podcasts, content creators. Go check it out. I appreciate all of you tuning in to the Dear Pats Nation podcast on this Monday, February the 7th. Uh, I hope that you'll come back tomorrow, hang out with me and Lawrence Owen, and never forget, you're all legit, kid. <laughs>